Welcome to Make It Count, Living a Legacy Life, where we invest in what matters, God and people. I'm Sue Donaldson, speaker, author, and creator of WelcomeHeart.com, where you can learn to know and show the heart of God. And that's what counts. Thank you for joining me. Good morning. I'm so happy today to introduce you to my darling friend, Melissa Moore, who has a great last name, since my maiden name is Moore. I first met Melissa at my church. I came into a women's Bible study, and I was talking to an old friend, and I saw her across the auditorium, and she was sitting by herself, and she was someone I didn't know yet, and that kind of bothers me. I like to know everybody. And so I said, excuse me to my old friend, and said, I have to go make a new friend. And so I got to sit next to Melissa, who was very pregnant at the time. And as the Lord had it, we got to be in the same small group Bible study. So that was terrific. And I've known Melissa these many years. She's moved since. How many years have you been gone? Three years. Okay. Melissa, would you start by telling us a little bit about your family and then your ministry as well? Can't wait for them to hear your story. Sure. So um, again, Melissa Moore, and I am... I've been here in Visalia uh, for three years now. I used, again, used to live in Slow. We've been all over California, but uh, my husband and I got married nine years ago now, Chris, and I, I can't believe it's been nine years. It's unbelievable. <laughs> and we have two boys, uh, DJ, who is six, and Ollie, who is four, and our, our house is just a whirlwind. It's always <laughs> loud, <laughs> um, but they are just, um, they're my miracles. We had uh, three miscarriages back in 2013. Say that and again, we, because you say it so fast. I know it's, it's become so normal to me. Like we, I don't even know. It's, we had three, three miscarriages wow. in 2013, one in May one in September. And then we found out we were miscarrying in November, right before Thanksgiving, or it was May, August, November. Wow. So very, they were very early, but it was, it was something that I didn't expect to happen. So, mm-hmm. but that's a big part of our story. We're going to come back to that story, but uh, tell me about your ministry. Yeah. So I'm involved in a couple different ministries um, here in Gateway uh, Visalia, which is the church we go to. So I lead a miscarriage support group that's based off of a book that I wrote um, on our experience and what God's uh, word has to say about finding hope in midst of suffering. So I lead that. And then I'm also actively involved in my MOPS group, which is a, a big part of my life. I am part of their social media marketing team. I head that up and I'm just, I do some teaching with that as well. And I just, I love it. I, I just love it. And then the main thing that I'm doing right now that is uh, still fairly new to me, but I'm very excited about, I am the host and um, the main, main person for Faith, Hope, Love, which is a, a video podcast. So it's available on YouTube. Facebook, Instagram, anywhere you can watch video or listen to podcasts, it's available. But the main idea of it is to help women to grow in their faith, increase in hope, and learn how to better love God and love other people. So it's geared mostly towards women that maybe are curious about faith and, you know, curious about God, who God is, and maybe just are searching. And then also for women that maybe are kind of newer in their faith, maybe that have joined MOPS and are, you know, just kind of kind of testing the waters of what, what Jesus is actually about. And so the main way that I present that is I, ter- I tell a little bit of my story 
and then we we go through uh, biblical passages. So recently we've been going through the life and teachings of Jesus. So just going through the gospel, it's going to take me forever, but uh, just sharing a little bit of my story, going through that. And then I have a guest on that kind of helps us to apply that passage to our lives. So I love good, it. I'm excited good, about it. The good thing about studying the Bible, we're not in a race. <laughs> oh. I know when the pastor always goes, well, we have to move on. I thought, no, you don't. No. We can stay in the same <laughs> scripture. So, wow, you are so passionate about this. What made you so passionate to start this program, Faith, Hope, and Love? What do you think is behind it? Sure. So I want to share just a little bit of my story, um, just to be fully transparent. Um, mental health is a big part of my story, and um, depression specifically has been a big part of my life, and it's uh, been in my family for generations. Uh, depression is the thing that I think most people in our world deal with right now. And so... For me personally in my life, um, when I was in middle school to high school, my mom really was struggling through depression, um, just not accurately diagnosed, just a lot of issues. Um, she went through a divorce, um, not with my dad. My parents have been divorced for a long time, but um, there was some different things that were kind of triggering for her. Um, she started, you know, became an alcoholic and mm. we had multiple instances with um attempted suicide. And so it was just obviously, you know, at like 15, 16 was, it was a really difficult thing to see my mom going through. Um, I was living at my dad's house part-time and my mom's. And so it was just a very interesting dichotomy because my dad was, you know, taking me to church. We were very involved in our church. Um, and I had from that, that home, I had a lot of support and encouragement and love and um, pointing me towards Jesus. And in my mom's house where it was like fighting for her life and mm. having to like help my younger sibling. Obviously I'll say, so, are you an only child? You're not. So only. I'm the oldest of three. So I oh. have a, a full brother and a half brother. So it's, um, yeah. And you know, the, the three of us are still close as adults now, which is great. Did but, you have anybody like at church or a friend of your dad's or anybody who knew what was going on with you? Yeah. So when I, obviously I was going through my own personal depression, um, hormonally and with the situation that was going on. So I was kind of, had always been like a good Christian girl and just, you know, I memorized all the verses. I knew all the stuff about the Bible, but it was really hard to, to see God in the middle of that. And I had a youth pastor, um, and his wife that it's funny now they're the head pastors at the church I grew up at, but she just asked me out to coffee a couple of times. And I just remember her telling me that she loved me and she didn't really know a lot. I didn't tell her everything that was going on, but she just supported me in the middle of, she had no idea what was happening, hmm. but she, I just knew that she loved me and cared about me. And that wow. was a lot. So I, I kind of mentioned with Sue earlier, I had an instance when things had gotten really, really bad with my mom and, uh, I was considering taking my own life. And I, I was, I had a day, a night where I was probably like I know, two in the morning sitting on the bathroom floor. And I just was so, I was just tired of everything. And I had a moment where I just felt like this immense presence around me. And I just kept hearing in my, in my mind, like, I love you over and over again. I love you. I love you. I love you. And your dad loves you and Heather, she loves you. And like, that wasn't for me in that moment that I, it just, it seemed so hopeless. Hmm. And that glimmer of hope and just knowing that I was loved was so profound that I, again, I had known about God my whole life, but for the first, ex first moment, like experiencing God and like understanding you're real and you love me hmm. in the middle of this, you love me. 
And that moment really carried me through a lot of crazy things that we went through over the years. Mm. And I'm, I, that's the, my reason, my why for what I do, because I want other women that are feeling that to know that they're loved by God, because it, it will transform their lives. I, I want to ask you this question. I know it will transform our lives. I've experienced it myself. But once we know God loves us, does that mean our life just turns into hunky-dory Disneyland? No, I wish. <laughs> yeah, me too. <clears throat> I, it's, it's funny because like the more that I read the Bible, it's like, you're going to have trouble in life. Mm-hmm. Like it's just a guarantee. And it's, it's hard to read stuff like that. Cause I want Jesus to be like, guess what guys, as soon as you follow me, things are going to be fine. Like you're going to have a million bucks. Everyone, and... everyone would be a Christian that way. Right? Yeah. But <laughs> Jesus doesn't say that. He's no. like, guess what guys, you're going to experience suffering, but look what I have for you. Like mm. I have love, I have hope. And I, you know, you have hope, not just in your current circumstances because of my love for you, but you have hope for eternity, that Mm -hmm. this is not the end of things. And so for me, again, in those moments that are difficult, I mean, you know, going through that with my mom in high school, things didn't really get better. She um, continued to struggle for many years. Um, She did, she did find Jesus and that helped with her sobriety, but she's still in, um, she did commit suicide in 2016 in October. So it's been, um, almost four years now. So it's been, um, it's hard. I mean, still like knowing, you know, I, I grieved that loss and we had our miscarriages, we grieved those losses. But for me in the middle of the difficulty, knowing that I was loved by God, it got me through it. It helped me get through it. When you mentioned three miscarriages, how did you deal with that? Did you get more faithful and cavalier with each one or did each one get worse? Or, I mean, I don't want to be too personal here, but it's very unusual for a woman to have three miscarriages in a row. Is that correct? Yeah. So with generally the first, it's about one in four women have a miscarriage, which is, is ridiculous. Like that's so many people. Um, and then at two, it's about 5%. And then three or more miscarriages is one and less percent. So mm-hmm. it's really rare. And so when we were trying to have kids, we were, let's say we were 25, 24. How old are we going to, it's been a while. <laughs> um, we were 23 when we started trying and we got pregnant right away and we were both really healthy. And yeah, within like eight weeks, we, we found out that we were miscarrying and it was, I didn't even think it was possible. It was just mm-hmm. a shock. Sure. And so we just, you know, our doctor said, okay, just, you know, wait and then try again, try it again, got pregnant again right away. And then same thing happened. I like around eight weeks found out that we were, we had lost the baby. And right after that, we, um, we we're like, we don't really know what to do. He's like, all right, you know, same thing. Wait a couple weeks, try again, <laughs> got pregnant again and things were going well. We, um, weren't you I, scared? Weren't you scared to get pregnant again? I mean, that you'd have to endure it. Yeah. I mean, I was terrified, like to okay. be totally honest, I never really had peace, um, with any of those, like the second and third pregnancy. I was just totally, um, terrified that I was going to do something wrong. Then it mm. was going to cause me to miscarry again. And I, I had a missed miscarriage. So I thought that I'd moved. So I didn't find a new OBGYN and I decided, Oh, okay. I'm at 12 weeks. I need to go back. So I went to my old OBGYN on my way to family for Thanksgiving. I was by myself because my husband was working and I went to the office and they said, you're supposed to be at 12 weeks, but there's, there's, you know, you're, there's no heartbeat. And so oh. it was just a total, like I had thought that we had made it with that third mm. pregnancy. 
And I, I mean, for, the shock lasted for about five minutes. Then I got out to the parking lot and I literally just screamed for hours, like hours at God as I drove like three hours. And by the time I'd gotten my parents' house, I was just, I was so exhausted. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's interesting now looking back because it was like Jesus was sitting in my passenger seat the whole time, just listening to me and just loving me in the middle of that anger. Mm. And that's the thing with grief, with whatever you're grieving, you know, it starts off oftentimes with denial. Then you go into um, anger and then depression. And eventually you get into acceptance. Sometimes there's bargaining in there for me that I skipped that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just, with the anger, it was, it was really, it was intense. And my, my dad was able to speak truth in my life. I didn't want to hear it, but right. he you told don't. me, I know that God's going to use this. Hmm. And now looking back, he has, but we, um, we made it through. I had a miscarried at home and then, um, we decided to wait and, uh, we found out July. So it had been from December to July. Um, God was just working on my heart and helping me to know that whatever happened, that he was good and that he loved me regardless. And Romans five, three through five got me through that whole season of life. Um, again, being in the middle of that depression after that miscarriage, it's, um, in suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character and character hope. Mm-hmm. And that hope does not disappoint us because it's in Christ. Mm-hmm. And so for me, that verse I was like, if I do ever get pregnant again, I have hope in Christ. And so we actually did get pregnant again in, in July. And I just had this overwhelming sense of peace. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had our son DJ. And then after that had Ollie. But God has opened doors for me just to kind of encourage women again through a support group that I lead and just other opportunities just to you know say, hey, it's what we're what you're going through is is awful, but know that you are loved by God. And Right. I think we need to remind ourselves and others that God is not capricious and he's not up there pointing darts at us to ruin our lives, but life is hard. And uh, not everybody's prayers are answered. Not everybody who goes through miscarriage actually have a baby like you have. And I think though, the fact that you've suffered gives you some credibility with those who still are maybe having to adopt or whatever. And tell me about this book study or study you're doing to help support um, people who have been through miscarriage. Yeah. So I wrote a book, um, back in two, starting in 2017. So it took me about a year to write the actual book and, um, it has not been published. Maybe in the distant future it will be, but I was thankfully God used that time that I spent writing that book to help me essentially to create a study that walks women mm. through that Romans five through through five and a couple different other passages in the Bible that talk about grief. And just, I walk essentially the the psychological approach is that grief is, um, you know, denial, bargaining, anger, depression, and then acceptance. And it ends at acceptance, which is very much like, all right, I guess this is life now. Yeah. But if you look at the Bible, what it says is it suffering ends in hope. And that's something that the world can't give us. God can give us that hope. And so for me, the main goal is just help women to know that even though it doesn't look like it now, there is hope ahead, no matter what the circumstances hold and, you know, whether it's adoption or foster or, you know, eventually being able to carry or surrogacy, you know, finding that, you know, God has a plan, even if we don't know it yet. Define uh, what you mean by hope. Cause if you say, well, I hope in the Lord or I hope in Christ, or I hope things get better. What do you mean? Yeah. So the word hope, if you actually look at like the Greek, um, it really is this, not just like a nebulous yeah, I hope things are fine. Yeah. No, it's, it's this hope because of our salvation. 
and it's something that isn't of earthly origin. It's because we know that life on earth is going to be hard, but we have this hope that's anchored in Christ. And, and that's, again, that's, you wouldn't read that if you're just looking at the word hope, because in the English, it's very vague. But if you look at the Greek, I want to say it's elpis. I hope, I hope I'm correctly pronouncing that, but it's, it's something that is much more profound and it's resting in God and who he is not in our circumstances. So the legacy you want to leave is faith, hope, and love. And have you had to go over, I mean, I've heard of a lot of obstacles, but is there anything in particular that has made it difficult for you to uh, continue to pass that on? I mean, you obviously have had what we call victory through the pain, but uh, are there still any challenges as you face your daily life? Yeah. So I'm, I'm like Sue, the kind of person that I just want to do everything with everybody all the time. And it's a lot of fun, but uh, it makes it really hard to focus on the things that sometimes that God is calling me to, because I, I want to go do stuff. Um, I'm also obviously a, a young mom and I'm 30, <laughs> 31 um, with two young kids. So it's hard to uh, find time because I'm with them all of the time right now. And so I'm, I'm finding, I have to be very diligent in knowing what my purpose and my calling is. And for me, it's um, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. And for me, I add on and teach other people to do likewise. And so for me, if if I look at my life and you know something comes my way that I want to do, but it doesn't fit exactly within that, I have to say no. Mm-hmm. And I've just learned that I um, I have a very limited capacity in this stage of life. So I mean, doing this show, Faith, Hope, Love has been a really great way for me to feel like I can do the things that I'm called to and I can record it whenever I, <laughs> whenever I need to. Um, but I just, I really enjoy it because it helps me to feel like I'm, again, I'm using my story. I'm using the time I've spent in seminary. I'm able to um, just be able to encourage people from God's word. I mean, I found freedom through Christ and through the Bible and I want other people to experience that same freedom. Well, someone listening today may think mission statement. I thought that was for a business or for a church or for a ministry. I don't have a a mission statement. What would you tell them? How would you help them go about making? Because theirs won't necessarily be yours. No, I mean, and that's the thing that's so cool. Like we're all, we're not all supposed to be the same people. So like our mission statement shouldn't all be the same, but I, you know, I think I formatted it about a couple months ago um, mm-hmm. when COVID all kind of started. I had this grand plan for my life and what God was going to do in that year, and it didn't happen. And so um, for me just to learn, it's, you know, for me, I just had to pray. I'm like, God, what do you want for my life? Mm-hmm. What is, what is the purpose of life? And as I read, that's what to me jumped out at me that like Jesus said, these are the two main commandments. These are, this is it. And I was like, okay, he's speaking to me in this too, that this needs to be priority for my life. So I would say if you're looking to create a mission statement, just pray about it. Ask God, Hey, you know, where in your scripture, you know, what is it that stands out to you? That's probably a good indication. That's what God has put on your heart and created you for. And so for me, again, it's, I've, I've spent time in God's word. I spent time praying about it. And then the application thing is the hard part. Cause again, you know, that could be pretty broad, like with yeah. that, you could pretty much do anything. Right. But I found that, you know, I, I have to pray about it and say, okay, God, here's this opportunity. Is this what you want? And usually it's, maybe it's a great thing and it does fit in the mission statement, but I don't have time. Like mm-hmm. I can't fit it into my schedule. Then I have to say no. And mm-hmm. that's kind of how I apply, apply my mission statement. 
Right. And I think you mentioned earlier when we were talking that you, if it's just a one-on-one thing where you could say, hey, I can do this, it's not in my mission statement per se, but if it's a larger project, then you think, oh, this doesn't really fit. Yeah. I find if it's like a one-time thing, like if a friend's like, hey, can you hang out right now? If I have the energy for it and I have the time to do it in the moment, absolutely. Like hands down. Yes. Like I, mm-hmm. I, I love the spontaneous stuff, but I find if a friend reaches out and I'm exhausted to me, that's like automatically I have to say no, because I, I can't, like, I just can't add anything else to my life right now. And so I find, you know, Hey, maybe if I can't meet with you today, but I can meet with you on Thursday mm-hmm. or, you know, next, next Tuesday or whatever. And I, I find God makes space and makes bandwidth for the things that he wants us to do. Right. And I, I'm finding, cause I'm like, uh, you know, a hundred years older than you, but he's oh still, gosh. he's still working this way with me. I mean, just last week I met with my mentor and I said, you know what? I think God is telling me to pull back in this one area because I keep getting opportunities in these other areas. And I think that's him calling me to it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so then that gave me the freedom to pull back and it gave me the freedom to say yes to these other things. So it's like whatever we're saying yes to today will keep us from doing something tomorrow. But I don't want us to stew about it. I don't want us to, you know, we're anxious just because we're women and we don't need any more anxiety in our lives. But if we just put ourselves before the Lord every day and he will show us what he wants us for that day. But it's kind of cool to have that framework of a mission. I just love that. And maybe you can, uh, I'll make sure I put that in your mission statement in our show notes so people can read over it and then say this, this part of this is for me because you are, everybody's supposed to love the Lord God with all our hearts, mind and soul and love our neighbors as ourselves. But how does, how does that work out? Yeah. I, yeah. one thing I do want to say, I had someone tell me wisely once that, um, I had always struggled with this feeling that if I don't do it, no one else will. Mm-hmm. And this person like called that's pride, baby. Like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just cause you aren't going to do it. God is, God is bigger than you and mm-hmm. you're not the whole church. There's plenty of people that are capable and probably more qualified than you mm-hmm. to do this. You can't do it all. And I don't want you to do it all. And he's like, I'm going to put the person in this role that needs to be in this role. Mm-hmm. You need to let, let it go. And mm-hmm. I've had to deal with my own pride knowing, you know, I have a lot of things I want to do and I might be good at them. Um, but maybe not the best. And like, that's okay to say, Hey, I'm, I'm human. I can only do, I can handle this capacity. And God has a person in mind for each job. And if I take it and it's not my job to do, I'm taking that opportunity from somebody yeah. else. This happened just this week. I have decided uh, to no longer host um, a blog link up on my website. And that was a big decision. I've done it for two years. I didn't know who to reach out to. Someone gave me a name. I sent her an inquiry. You know what she wrote back? I've been meaning to do this all year, but I've been too afraid. And here out of the blue, I mean, we don't even know each other. Uh, I know her name. That's it. And I know she's a good writer. And I thought, well, I think that's God. And she said, well, can I have two days to pray about it? I go, yeah, you may have three days to pray about it. And she <laughs> came back and said, yes. And I thought, okay, it's going to be scary for her because it was for me. But we move in through our fear because that's what faith is, right? Any last uh, wisdom you want to leave with our audience? I think the thing for me that it comes down to is um, just making the story of Jesus a big part of our lives. I think that... I know for me, I've, I've lived in fear. Like if, you know, if I share my story, if I share how God has impacted my life with people, they're going to run away and they're just going to hate me or whatever. And I've found though, like in organic ways, in ways that it's natural, not like, let me tell you about Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Like I don't do that with people, but 
just saying, Hey, like some of my best friends that are not Christians, like be able to say, Hey, this is something I'm dealing with right now. And this is how God is like working with me through this. And like, Mm -hmm. or, or like, man, this is hard, but like, I know God's with me in this, even Mm -hmm. just little things like that. And they, they watch my show. They know, they know who I am or they'll ask me questions about my faith. Mm -hmm. And I find people respect me a lot more when I'm willing to share rather than hiding, I guess. (laughs) So honestly, I think the biggest thing that I've come away with is Jesus met me in the middle of my brokenness. And I find if I want to share Jesus with other people, I need to be authentic and real because that's where people meet Jesus when they realize their need for him, the need for that love of Jesus. So if as much as I can with my life, be able to, to speak this message of love, the love that God has already given me. And then you know, through my actions, hopefully, and not just my words that I can show what love looks like. People, people will want that. So it's so true. And the people listening today want it as well. And it's been an honor and a joy to speak with you. My dear friend, Melissa, we'll have to do it again. And uh, I appreciate you so much. So thanks. Until next time, think about your legacy, the one God has called you to live all for heaven's sake. I would love to speak at your next Christian women's event. See my keynotes and retreat series, as well as the show notes from today's broadcast at welcomeheart.com. Thanks for coming. You're always welcome here.